bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good Monday morning, Birds fans. Neither one of your Mac and Mac guys need me ayahuasca to get pumped up for today's show. <laughs> no, we're zen enough because another marking on the sked came down last night at Lincoln Financial Field, which tells us the season is getting that much closer. Uh, John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you. How was your day at, at uh, Lincoln Financial Field yesterday? Yeah, it's game. Well, it's game week, Jody. So we got to get pumped up. Uh, game day Friday. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles and your Jody McDonald's New York Jets. Uh, yeah, open practice. The only one of the summer for the Eagles. You know, I was doing a football 24-7 with Xander after Xander Krause after the uh, practice and you know, everybody's pumped up. But I remember the days of Chip when they first did these things. There were like 50,000 people there. And it was fun. Now, it's a little bit different. They charge, and it's for a good cause, the Eagles Autism Foundation. But yeah, and not, you know, not an outrageous charge. You'd think no, it's you 10 bucks. For a regular season ticket, yeah. you get oh, no. 10 bucks, not the worst yeah, thing. But it is. You know, it used to be free when it's they better first started. Than, yeah, it's, agreed. Um, but, you know, I, I think more of it is, People kind of know what practice is now, so you're not going to get 50. They they claim they got 30. I'm going to get. I'm going to say 25 would be my guess. Um, but it's still a lot of people for a practice in a in a really hot day. And the offense showed up, man. Uh, they made a big play in the passing game, so that excited people. And they broke out the RPOs. And I got to tell you, Jody, what are we doing here? Let's just build around what we have. Build around what you have. Jalen Hurts looked unbelievable. Remember, this defense has essentially dominated all summer. Mm-hmm. And they and they break out the RPOs in front of the fans. And they didn't know what to do. Um, so, you know. Well, I'm, well, I'm, oh, oh, when you say they didn't know what to do, who's they? The defense. Okay. The defense. Um you know, they had been dominating, and all of a sudden they pull out this wrinkle, which you don't see a lot of in training camp because there's not a lot of physicality. So the running game's not a big part of it. I always joke nobody cares about the running game until December. Boy, man. I, I mean, you know, I mentioned in the offseason, um, 
really at OTAs. I was looking. I I told a bunch of reporters, other reporters, Jalen looks like he lost weight to me. And he said, nope, nope, didn't lose weight, didn't lose weight. And then uh, last week he got asked the question again, and he said he didn't lose weight, but he remade his body a little bit, and and he cut out the sugary drinks. He said he likes lemonade. He, He looks thinner, but he's still 220 pounds. But I think you saw last night the 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 importance of that. He was much quicker. So you had this dominant. You saw the way he was dominant in the running game last year. Now he's much quicker, and he can still deadlift. You know, six hundred pounds. So he still got the power. Uh, what are we doing? What are we doing? Dropping back? Oh, he's got to be a drop back. No, he doesn't. Build around what you have. Build around what you have. So and, by, you, and by the way, Jody, sorry to cut you off. I think Nick Sirianni will do that once he gets to the regular season. I think that's an indication. Um, and I guess I have no problem trying to improve and things you need to improve with in practice. That's what practice is for. But, boy, I hope this team doesn't waste seven games trying to drop back and throw the football 40 times. Just take advantage of what you have. And if they do that, they are going to be very, very difficult to beat. All right. I'm going to play some devil's advocate for you here. So you think Jalen Hurts can be Lamar Jackson-like? Is that where you're Uh, leaning? I I don't think anybody's Lamar-like athletically, but he's as close as possible. I'm not going to say anybody's Lamar Jackson. But, yeah, similar. I think they should do – they should do what Baltimore and build around the skill set of the quarterback. Um, and, you know, in San Francisco's my other comparison in a different way. San Francisco obviously has a great roster. They're able to make deep runs with an average quarterback. The Eagles have, you know, they have a quarterback with explosive ability. Now, it, it's different than what we typically think of. So they're even ahead of the game from San Francisco. So if you build around what you have, and I think that that Giants game they lost is the best example of this for this reason, Jody. Um, they were awful in that game. They they played terrible. They played terrible. It was probably Jalen Hurts' worst game. Of I was going to say, most of it on the quarterback. Yeah, he was terrible. But he kept coming, and he kept coming, and he kept coming. It didn't bother him. He made some plays at the end of the game. He had the team in position to win the game. He had the two drops. If they catch the, if Jalen Rager catches one of them, they win the football game. It's a completely different narrative. And and you know how I know that? Same thing happened in Carolina. He was awful. He was awful for the majority of that game. And he made a couple plays at the end for everybody forgets about. They win the football game. That's the kind of player he is. Maybe he's not going to be hot every week. But his other abilities to move the chains when you need to, it makes it very, very difficult on the defense. But you got to build around it. You can't waste seven games saying, we're going to drop back and throw the football 40 times. Well, good luck. Then you're going to lose games you should have won. That's that's the bottom line. All right. Now I'm really going to tick Eagle fans off because I'm going to continue to play devil's advocate. Everything you're saying makes sense. I, I understand the way you lead it. 
Why bother trying to force feed a passing offense if they might not be up to snuff? And okay, so they do everything they did last year, and they get to Week 19, and they got to go down to Tampa to take on the Bucks. And guess what? You get up against a good defense with a quarterback who's going to make plays, and it's see you later, bye, and the season's over and done with. Is that good enough? Win your 10 to 11 games, but then know you're overmatched when you get against a better team that's going to be able to take you out of your Jalen run-based offense? Is that what the Eagles really want? You, you, you have a smaller margin of error. And again, I go back to the 49ers. I talk about this a lot. Everybody wants a superstar quarterback. Everybody. I want, I want everybody. Superstar passing quarterback. They're not easy to find. I, I, you know, great. That, you know, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, even if you want to go younger, the Justin Herberts, the Joe Burrows. Yeah, I'd rather have them. I'd rather have them. I'd rather have the bigger margin of error. You have a smaller margin of error. What I'm saying is San Francisco proves you you can you can do it. You can get to the Super Bowl. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't get over the hump. You can make a significant run. Baltimore proves you can make it to the playoffs. They've struggled in the playoffs, so that's understandable. People look at that and say you can't win. But we've seen teams win with average quarterbacks. It's very hard. It's harder. But that's where you are. So to me, the definition of coaching, and I believe Nick Sirianni understands this. I'm not blaming Nick Sirianni. To me, this is a, more of an organizational problem. The definition of coaching is to accentuate the strengths of your players and, mac and, and minimize, excuse me, uh, the, any deficiencies as much as possible. That's what you're supposed to do with players. I look at Jalen Hurts, pretty easy to me. I'm taking advantage of what he does well. I'm trying to minimize what he doesn't do as well as maybe Justin Herbert. I mean, I don't, I don't understand what the, what the, I really don't Jody. And I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Eagles. Really? I don't, I don't understand what the problem is. Look, if you can get Russell Wilson, great. If you can get to Sean Watson, well, from a player perspective, I don't want the headaches. Great. From a talent perspective, if you can get, somehow maneuver to get a superstar quarterback in the draft. Great. What you have right now. All right. What you have right now is Jalen hurts. You got, you got 18 weeks, 17 games, and hopefully more. You're going to try to maximize it. Or you're going to try to fiddle around and pretend he's going to be Joe Burrow someday. He's not. So do focus on what he does. Well, I, right. I, I, I'm Again. really at the point after watching training camp for eight days, I'm saying, what is, you think the switch is coming on and he's going to turn into this monster high volume passer. I, 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 I really, it's really starting to bother me. And I'm like, what is going on here? Just accentuate and, and build around what he does well. And you and fans got to see it in an open practice with these RPOs. I hope the Eagles do it. Then, real simple one. Why exactly did they give up a first-round draft pick and agree to pay him $25 million a year and bring A.J. Brown, his good friend in, who you continue to tell me, he looks to first, second, and third read, and then if anybody else is still out there in the pattern, 
He may or may not throw it to him or he may pull down a run. He'll pull down a run if John McMullen has anything to say about it. Why, why'd they go to the links that they did to get well, A.J. Still, Brown if they're just going to run the same offense they did you, last year? You still you still need good players, and A.J. Brown is is a great player. And we, we, we talk about that, and I asked Nick about that before practice. I mean, the only targets in practice are A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. And, you know, that's it's good to have good players. One, two, bang. A.J.'s always open. Uh, AJ is a very important part of this. I'm not saying Jalen, you saw it last night. Jalen Hurts can make plays throwing the football. It's not, it's just not going to be as consistent as you would like when you're comparing it to the Tom Brady's of the world and the Aaron Rodgers. And even if you want to go younger with the great young quarterbacks in this league, it's not going to be consistent. He can make plays passing the football. And, and when you have A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith, hopefully they get him involved, um, that's better for him because those guys are going to be able to make plays. I'm not saying go back to 1970. They're going to make plays in the passing game, but the running game is going to make it easier. A.J. Brown's going to make it easier for him. Um, so I, I, I'm not saying completely take the air out of the football like Kyle Shanahan did with Jimmy Garoppolo. Jalen Hurts is an explosive player, uh, and he can make plays in the passing game. But if you build your offense around the passing game, you, you, you're, you're doing a disservice to the quarterback and the team. And I, I don't believe the coach is, is, is going to do that. And we'll see. Now, to me, the bigger issue, Jody, is the front office. Will they accept that? I I don't have an answer to that. Right, we know what they want. We be, know what they want. Because Howie Roseman, uh, and he did show some flexibility here, during this offseason said, well, sometimes when everybody in the world is zigging, I want to zag. That uh, I'm not going to do it just because other teams around the league do it. And we all believe that uh, they weren't going to make a play for a big wide receiver. And then boom, A.J. Brown is here. And uh, how he zigged like everybody else. Well, you're asking him to zag when everybody else is zigging. Yeah. Because the National Football League is a passing league. It's not a quarterback running league. It's a passing league. The teams that have won Super Bowls and made Super Bowls in the most recent past, three years, five years, whatever, we go back. Lamar Jackson is it. He's the only one, and his playoff success is middle middle of the road. Not great, not bad. He's one playoff game, but but certainly not, oh, my God, the league is changing type stuff. You're asking them to really zag when everybody else is zigging. You think they're going to do that? I hope so. They did it last year. They just It just took them six games uh, before they figure it out, so they've shown the willingness to do it. Uh, I don't understand after you went – through what you went through in those first six games, why you would have such a problem. Look, the off season is the off season. Try to get what you want in the off season. I have no problem with that. But once the off season is over and your roster's in place, all right, you got to go with your roster. So you got to build around what your roster does yeah, well. But then the roster, John, the way you describe it, the roster comes down to one decision, the QB. That's it. 
No, Everything else is If you go get A.J. Brown and you pay him $25 million, you are absolutely putting up a flag that says, we want to throw the ball more than we did last year. Yeah, now you you're are. saying, no, you shouldn't because you're still being quarterbacked by Jalen Hurts and his best play is keeping the ball and running with it. Offensive line is what's the best part of this team. What's the best part of this team? It's not just about the quarterback. Uh, the offensive line is by far the best part of this team. Um, I'm building around them as well. Um, what happened to the offensive line in Tampa in week 20? Uh, well, you know, it, the other team gets paid as well. And the one the one aspect of, that Jason Kelsey, you know, I don't think many people are going to criticize Jason Kelsey. He might go to the Hall of Fame. But he has trouble with big guys in the middle. Well, the biggest guy in this league in the middle right now, the most dominant guy, is Vita Bea. <clears throat> he had a lot of trouble with him. A lot of trouble. Um, you know, the other guys pretty much were okay. The quarterback didn't play well. Uh, Tampa Bay had a good game plan. Um, they, they, you know, they made sure to sort of put Jalen Hurts in the cup and force him left. Um you know, they, they they had a better game plan. What They had a better coaching staff. Let's start there, you know, with Todd Bowles uh, developing that that game plan. And the Eagles weren't able to adjust to it in-game. They had a rookie coach, rookie coaching staff, essentially, uh, with a rookie head coach. There are a lot of things that went wrong, uh, starting with the quarterback. But, you know, I'm not going to say because they're not – dominant in every single game that the offensive line isn't the obvious strength of this team. It is. There's not too many people that can roll out beat of a against Jason Kelsey. So, you know, a lot of times styles make bites and he, he got, he got kind of beat up in that game. But normally if you have Jason Kelsey, you're going to have the advantage. Um, so you can't get caught up in individual aspects. It's pretty obvious what this team does well. And again, I keep going back to San Francisco. San Francisco made the Super Bowl. San Francisco should have made the Super Bowl last year. San Francisco is a run-based offense. Not, not the same way the Eagles are because they don't have a quarterback with the mobility. Now they might with Trey Lance. We'll see how they go about it. Um, that's what the Eagles should be doing. That's what the Eagles should be. And believe me, Kyle Shanahan wants to throw the ball. But he can't, so he doesn't. And 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 they make plays in the passing game. We've seen Debo. Uh, you know, at, when I say they can't pass it, and people because you know people take that the wrong way, that doesn't mean you're not. Jalen Hurts makes way more plays than Jimmy Garoppolo in the passing game, but the consistency is not there. The consistency is not there. So if you're trying to pound the square peg in the round hole. You're saying I want Joe Burrow. You've got to be Joe Burrow. Well, you're 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 wasting your time. You're wasting your time. But I think you have to have a level of competency at quarterback. And Jalen Hurts hasn't achieved that yet. He's got 20 starts under his belt as an NFL quarterback. He hasn't shown the level of a quarterback who can, with a good defense and with a good running game, and we believe the – we know the Eagles have a good running game. They already showed that all last year, uh, or at least once from the time they decided to attempt to run the football, they were very effective at it uh, till the end of the well, season. Well, that's – got to go to break. I'll just say one thing. That's where we disagree. 
I think he's shown competency as a quarterback, maybe not consistency as a thrower, but competency as a quarterback. And he's already, he's already proven he can make plays if you use him correctly. If you use him correctly. And that's up to the Eagles. Well, yeah. are you talking about competency throwing the football or just competency making Well, plays? I say competency as a quarterback. As a quarterback, he's not consistent throwing the football. But he's competent as a quarterback if you use him correctly. Right. So, in other words, Johnny Mac still wants Jalen Hurts running the ball 12 times a game. I don't think you're going to get that out of this Eagle offense this year. I think they are determined. underachieve. Bottom line, I'll say it today. What's today's date? August 8th. If they do that all year, they're going to underachieve. And underachieving would be how many wins? Less than 10, not making the playoffs. That really? Okay. Yeah. We'll see about that. I think they will make the playoffs. Uh, I, I, again, I, I, I know what I'd like to see. You've been uh, very expressive in what you'd like to see. I think they're going to win 10 games by just. Well, I got them at 11. More than but I have them at. So, I got them at 11. You had them at 11. So now think, you're, you're skimming back because you're afraid that they're going to try and. I'm not skimming the back. The I think Nick Sirianni will take advantage of the quarterback. I'm saying if he doesn't, I'm skimming back. I think he will. I think he'll say during the regular season, all right, we did it your way in the offseason. I'm going to try to win this game. That's what he did last year. I don't think he's going to fall back into that. I need six games. No, he's going to try to win September 11th in Detroit. I I believe that. This year he's got, I think, again, uh, I'm already on record. The question is not, will the Eagles beat the Lions? It's by how many touchdowns. Um, And I think they can do so any which way but loose. I don't think it's going to be much of a uh, test in week number one. But I think Nick Sirianni knows that Howie Roseman went out and spent $25 million on A.J. Brown. And it was not so uh, Jalen could pump to him, pull it down, and take off and run for 18 yards. Uh, He is John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. Coming up, we're scheduled to be joined by one Mike Gill, our buddy from down the shore, 97.3 ESPN. Uh, We got Paul Domwich going to join us a little later. But first up, Mike Gill hops aboard Birds 365. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yeah, okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Sunday night, this is Birds 365 Monday meeting with McDonald, with McMullen, and with Mike Gill, that is, from down the shore. He's got his Nike gear on. Hopefully the sponsorship is taking good care of him. Uh, Mr. Gill, how's the weather down there at the shore? Delightful, Jody. Yeah, I hope there's a breeze. It's been hot, Mike. Oh, actually, we were on the beach. We were on the beach yesterday. My girlfriend was complaining that she needed a hoodie. Well, there, that's really oh, it's a little chilly longer. down. You get under like 90 down here, it starts to get a little cold, man. Okay, yeah, Sorry. gotta have a, a wide array of hoodies. I know you do, Mike. So, uh, you're well prepared for it all. Uh, exciting news. Uh, I'm gonna be back on uh, 970, uh, 973 in South Jersey, uh, uh this year during the football season. And also, Mike's going to be a weekly guest on our show. So a little reciprocation there. So thrilled to uh, announce that and thrilled to have Mike. Um, And I don't know if you heard, you jumped in kind of late, but Jody and I were going back and forth after yesterday's uh, open practice at Lincoln Financial Field. So I'll, I'll sum it up like this, Mike. What are we doing here with Jalen Hurts? Why are we trying to pound the square square peg in the round hole? This kid is unbelievable when you put the RPOs in the offense. Why are we trying to make him Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert? Isn't it one of those things where it feels like everything else is almost kind of settled? You can't let a whole training camp go with nothing to discuss. We're in July, August, like the doldrums of the sports calendar. And if everything is right at Eagles camp, then we really have nothing. So you really have to try to get blood from the stone somewhere, right? But, I'm not, but, but real quick, let me jump in. I'm not talking about the fans or media. I'm talking about the Eagles. I mean, the Eagles are the ones who are saying, you know, by their actions, as, as Jody points out, and he's right, you don't pay a receiver what they paid A.J. Brown, give him a $100 million extension. You don't give up a first-round pick and a third-round pick to get him and say, go block 
on the edge. You can have Zach Pascal do that. Um, so they're, they've given the indication we want to be this high-octane passing offense. Jeffrey Lurie says it all the time. I mean, he's not shy about it. So I'm more talking about the Eagles' philosophy than people trying to, whether it be media fans trying to create narratives. The Eagles want to throw the football, but they don't have the quarterback to do that consistently. So why not build around the quarterback you do have, like they did last year, which was successful, but it took them seven games to get there. Well, I'm not sure that they won't eventually. I mean, I feel like I've said this before, maybe with you guys, is I don't know if they wanted to run as much as they did last year. They didn't have anybody to make a play for them when they had to throw the ball. So now when I actually have to throw, I have a couple of guys who can help me out, which can make my ability to throw more. But I don't know that they want to chuck it around 40, 45 times still. I just think that when they do choose to throw – the element of a big play is there. They had no element of a big play last year. They just couldn't get anybody open. They had nobody that could draw attention. Now, I mean, I'm in the camp that thinks that Goddard is just going to have a monster season, and then people are going to have to figure out, okay, do we bracket him? How do we handle Brown? And then that opens things up for Smith. Okay, we can't let him keep killing us. So there is a lot more elements of the big play, even with – the same amount of passes if they choose to go that route. Now, I think they'll pump up the amount of passes, but I don't know that you're going to see them throw 40, 45 times. I just feel like the weapons they have give them a bigger element for something positive to happen when they do choose to throw. Before uh, you came on, Mike, John was uh, discussing how Jalen Hurts looks a little different this year. He says he hasn't lost any weight, but his body looks a little bit different, maybe a little bit more fine-tuned good on him if that's the case last year Jalen Hurts missed one game which was good they took the last game off when they played the JV against the Cowboys but he only missed one game during the regular season if I think they were a little lucky that he didn't get more hurt with the amount of times they ran the football the Eagles this offseason certainly through all practice everything have been very uh, on top of how to protect their team from getting hurt, it seems to be a priority for the Philadelphia Eagles. You go out there and say, Jalen, we're going to run X amount of RPOs every single week, but please, please, please don't get hurt because we really don't want to put Reed Stinnett in as our backup quarterback. Aren't you open up a Pandora's box there if you say, well, hey, here's what we still do best. Jalen still runs the ball better than he throws it. We got to give him the chance to do that because that works for us. It won't work if you're sitting on the sidelines, will it? No, and I, I think that's the challenge a lot of quarterbacks in this league have. I mean, you, Lamar Jackson is is at the top of that list, but there's other guys. You know, Josh Allen, he's a guy who takes off and runs a lot. Uh, I think there's a huge fear with all these – we everybody wants that guy who can move with their feet, but then they don't want him to run as much as they <laughs> do. So there's like a catch-22 right. with all of Absolutely. these guys who have the ability to kind of tuck and take off. It is – not making the decision to run first is where he has to kind of, you know, ease himself into it. I'm not just going to take off just to take off. I'm going to take off if I have to take off. I mean, even Wentz, when he was early in his career, he was an element of uh, using his legs. Well, when he had that knee problem and that was gone from him, 
his game regressed huge because that element was no longer there for him. So it is a balance that many of these multifaceted quarterbacks and teams kind of have to try to tiptoe around. And, and Hertz is one of those guys that, you know, I think when we watch him play, we're always like, oh, he does a really good job of not taking the big hit. He kind of like, um, you know, gets out of bounds. You see him kind of throw – He, you know, he did throw – that was one of the things when he took over for Wentz that first year was, hey, look, his completion percentage is low, but he's getting rid of the ball and throwing it out of bounds. He's not turning it over. So yeah. if he can now that third year have everything kind of slow down more for him, we should see a much more advanced player than the guy who – seemingly looked more advanced than Wentz did when he took over for him two years ago. Yeah, and remember, ironically, when Jalen Hurts did get hurt last year, it was in the pocket. It was not outside the pocket running the football. So you can't legislate injuries, even though no. the Eagles try. I was going to uh, say, the, have you discussed this with the Eagles? Yeah. The Eagles are trying to legislate injuries well, like nobody fit this. Yeah. Well, and the one injury, got... you know, when you have an injury, when, when they say a guy's injury prone, those are the guys who have those hamstring issues that they just yeah. can't kick them. You know, you break your leg or you tear your ACL or, you, you know, you separate your shoulder. I mean, these things are just elements of the game. The guys yeah. who are injury prone that you have to worry about are those guys who just can't get past the the, the groin, the soft tissue stuff. And, and I don't know that Hurts is at that spot. So I I think I'm I'm looking at my uh, injury report yesterday. Eleven, uh, eleven guys, and you got the Guardian caps. Um, you still got concussions for Andre Dillard, Jordan Mailata, Boston Scott. Um, Soft tissue, you got Calcaterra with a hamstring, LaRaven Clark with a hamstring, Javon Hargrave with a groin, um, Devontae Smith with a groin, Kerry Vincent with a groin. Yeah, I'll tell the Eagles right now, you can't legislate injuries. <laughs> um, now, obviously, in training camp, they're, they're being very cautious. So if anybody feels, you know, even a tweak of something, they're going to be extra cautious about it. And a lot of these guys could probably play if they had to, if it was an actual game. Right. But the point I'm getting to Mike is that it's football. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe that's a positive of Jalen hurts, giving up the lemonade and getting a little bit thinner and quicker. And maybe now he's even less apt to get, take that big hit. All I'm saying, I, I have what I have at quarterback. I have what I have. Well, so we've been. I, 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 I want to try to take advantage of what I have. I, I, we, I, we've been kind of pontificating back and forth on my show about, you know, you look at these rankings. It's like you are scratching and clawing to find 10 guys to fill the top 10, which means there's like 22 guys who you have question marks about, like even more than 22 guys. And the draft comes around and we're like, you got to get this quarterback in the draft. Every team is, is going after this ghost that doesn't exist. This franchise quarterback. There's like three of them. Right. <laughs> and everybody keeps like burning through draft picks and doing whatever they can do to try to just take a guy and hope that he becomes Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers uh, or one of these guys who just doesn't exist. So, so sometimes you just have to be, I don't want to say content or happy with what you have, but 
utilize, accentuate the positives, Paul Heyman. Get the best you can out of the guy that you have because guess what? The next guy's going to have warts, and the next guy's going to have warts, and so is the. there's a very slim possibility that you're going to get a guy that you're like, oh, this is the yeah. guy. We got him. I use that exact same word, accentuate, Mike. Maybe it was from Paul Heyman. Maybe it's trickled in my brain, but um, accentuate what you have. I don't know why this is such a difficult decision for the Eagles. Uh, this, well, because everybody and- wants everybody wants something behind the society that we live in is what's behind door number two. I like door number two, but now I really want to see what's behind door number three, even though door number two is fine. It's if you give another option, people are going to take it. Here's where uh, I just think you're overstating a little bit, John. What team, and and we understand there's one. End of the season, one team wins the Super Bowl. You can have a very successful season without winning a Super Bowl. I think most Cincinnati Bengal fans will tell you, hey, we had a hell of a year last year. You lost. You didn't win the Super Bowl, but I agree you had a hell of a year. But everybody draws that line right there. Tell me about the championship. It just hasn't happened. A team with a guy who runs the ball nine times a game as a quarterback has not won a Super Bowl. So that's why the Eagles, Jeff Laurie, Howie Roseman, et al., a lot of Eagle Nation, most of their fans, are saying, we have to throw the ball more than we did last year. It was nice that we ran it. It was nice that we made the playoffs. We accentuated what we did the best last year. But there's a limit to it. There's a cap. And the cap was going to Tampa and getting their asses kicked by the Buccaneers. People don't want to go down that road again, John. Well, from my perspective, and then I'll have Mike jump in. I, I always say, look, I'm not saying they're a Super Bowl contender. I'm I'm trying to maximize what they have. And I, I, I always say, look, I'd rather have the superstar quarterback. But the phrase I always use, and you're probably tired of hearing me use it, is margin of error. You have a larger margin of error if you have Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. In other words, you can get down 14 points and they might come back. And they might, you know, if the Eagles are down 14 points, all right, see you next year. Uh, that 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 that's what I'm talking about. The the margin of error is is greater with a with a superstar quarterback. But the Eagles don't have a and and by superstar, I should clarify that superstar passing quarterback the Eagles don't have a superstar passing quarterback I'm trying to max out their potential just like San Francisco maxes out their potential with Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan different type of potential but I'm trying to max it out yeah I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers everybody knows that Mike's been talking to me for years everybody knows the respect I have for Aaron Rodgers who has one got, Super Bowl, by the way? One. Yeah, and everybody says that. He's only got one. Um, San Francisco beat him last year because of special teams. You know, San Francisco has that smaller margin of error, but they were able on one particular game day to come up with it and win the football game. They almost did it against Kansas City in the Super Bowl with the smaller margin of error. It's possible. Is it more difficult? It's way more difficult. But it becomes even more difficult, if that makes sense, if you don't try to take advantage of your strengths. You're even affecting your your margin of error even more, and I think that's where the Eagles kind of fit in 
if they try to make this a passing offense. And I'll give well, the floor and, and the one thing I take a look at around the league as we we talk around these quarterbacks who like to run, they're being employed. So at some point, this change is going to happen. I don't know when. I mean, these drop back passes are still seeming. Although Mahomes is a guy who moves around, even like. They're not runners first, but they avoid and they can make plays with their legs. And that is the balance you try to find is can you do something by not just standing there? The only guy who really does that now is Brady. Um, just basically stands there and picks you apart. Joe Barrow, he'll move around. These guys, Justin Herbert, he'll move around. They, they can get around without just standing there. You got to try to find this balance because we always talk about, well, no quarterback is running 10, 15 times a game is winning the Super Bowl. I get that call on my show all the time. Oh, you're never going to win with the running quarterback. Well, if all you have to choose from are running quarterbacks. Eventually, one of them is going to win. That's true. All That's true. Teams, and all these teams continue to draft them and play them. So at yeah, some there's point, 32, Mike is right. One of those guys is going to win. Yeah. Yeah. Because, Jody – if yeah, you, but, but I, I but call Mike, high school you're, football you're, you're, games you're, on Mike, Mike, you're blatantly overstating how many running quarterbacks there are in the NFL. How many are there? Running quarterbacks. Can oh, Justin well. Herbert pull it down and make a play? Every, how many times did Justin Herbert, if he is the new upside guy in the NFL, you want to go to borrow pick any one of a handful of the young school, how many of them actually run the ball more than three times a game? Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, and now Johnny Mac wants to add uh, Jalen Hurts to that mix, too. Well, and he already he, is. He was there last year. Right. He needs Look, to have a little more success. But I'm talking about as a guy who's already established himself, a uh, quarterback who wins in the league, quarterback who's won in the playoffs in the league. There's two, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. So we got a long way to go before we get to 32 there, big guy. No, I'm just saying that guys who make plays with their legs, not that's my say. I, there's got to become a balance. Those guys have a balance. They don't just sit in the pocket. They can make plays with their legs if the play deems that they have to. I call high school football games Friday nights. These offenses, all they do is have kids running around. So eventually those kids go to college. Then the college game goes up. So at what point is that proliferation of player going to infiltrate all the way through? I think it's already happening. You're seeing more and more of these guys who make plays with their legs where they're not just statuesque quarterbacks so many of us are so tied to that guy we watched in 1985 Dan Marino just stand there and deliver it those guys are few and far between it's and until that group of guys gets washed out we're going to keep saying you got to have that guy but there's not too many of those guys coming through the system yeah football is one of the only industries in the world where innovation trickles up um the innovation comes from college and usually, to be honest, college gets it from high school, the great high school uh, coaches. It's it's weird. And then it finally comes to the NFL. The NFL's kicking and screaming the whole way. Already, we, we, we've kind of talked about the progression-based quarterback, the old school guys that can do the full field progressions. They don't do that anymore. That's why that's another argument that bothers me. That's a pet peeve. And people, Jalen Hurts has got to progress. He's not asked to. So why does he have to? He's not asked to. He's got a half field progression. He goes one, two, maybe three on well, the half field. Some of that is, go. and some of that, John, is 
what team and coaching staff, you know, I had, uh, I've had, you know, Barrett Brooks with me many a times tell me the story about when he played for the Eagles, John Gruden was the offensive coordinator and the quarterback was uh, Bobby Hoying. Well, when Gruden was the coordinator, he told Hoying, one, two, three, that guy's going to be open, throw it to him. Well, then Dana Bible took over the next year and he didn't do that for Bobby Hoying. And Bobby Hoying had no idea what he was doing and we all saw what happened. So sometimes you have a guy literally telling you, this is what you're going to do. This is the play. That's going to be who's open. You throw it to him. Well, that was the joke with Sean McVay and Jared Goff. The joke was that Jared Goff was his uh, exoskeleton. Uh, You know, he would go right up to when they would cut off the uh, communication device, Sean McVay, and essentially tell Jared Goff what to do in his ear. Now, that's that's a fine line because if you have Tom Brady, if you have Peyton Manning, and this was one of my problems with Chip Kelly when he was here, like he wouldn't want a quarterback like that. Like if you offered Chip Kelly, hey, you can have Peyton Manning at his prime. Um, just let him run the game at the line of scrimmage. He wouldn't want to do it. His ego's too too big. So, you know, if you if you stumble into Peyton Manning, great. Do the full field progression, get the huge playbook, have the complicated play calls, do anything you want to do and hope he doesn't get hurt because the backup's not going to be able to even call the play, but do whatever you want to do. But, you know, that's not where we are in the modern NFL. And part of it's prep time, part of it's what they're learning at the college level. And that's where Jalen Hurts is. Jalen Hurts, look where he played. Um, Alabama with that offense, Oklahoma with that offense it's a it's a high level modern college offense it's you know read one read two half field go you know take advantage again take advantage of what he does well and i think the eagles are doing it in in practice from that perspective because they only throw the football to aj brown and dallas got well how much of that is because um Devontae's groin right now well, it was before. Devontae got hurt. He practiced five times before he got hurt. Um, and I'll give Elliot, uh, Elliot Shore Parks credit. I think the number was 36 targets, 18 apiece for uh, Brown and Goddard, and, and 10 for Devontae Smith. So there was a, 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 a significant difference that's only increased uh, since Devontae has left practice. So, but those guys get open. They're, they're and, the and top. That's another thing we don't realize, guys, is Jalen Hurts, let's be honest, hasn't really had the uh, plethora of guys to throw the ball to. And I'm sure that enters his mind that I don't know that this guy's going to be open when I throw the ball. Well, Devontae's going to be open. Well, but, exactly. That's my point is. So if you're a split second in my mind, like I don't know that this guy's open. That split second could cause an incompletion, an interception, you know. But if I have total trust, I always make the joke, you know, uh, we always had McNabb. He was the guy, the worm burner. He threw the ball on the ground. His completion percentage was under 60%. Interestingly enough, when he got Terrell Owens, his completion percentage magically grew to like 65%. You give me a guy that I have confidence will catch the ball no matter what radius I put it in. 
all of a sudden I look like a better quarterback. And I think we can all agree that McNabb looked a heck of a lot more accurate or more confident when he had Owens than when he had Todd Pinkson and James Thrash. Can we all agree on that? Yeah, yeah for sure. There. That's a slight um, upgrade. <laughs> And- right. So you give me A.J. Brown overthrowing the ball to Quez Watkins, Jalen Rager, Rager, and yeah. Devonta Smith, who's double half the time. I feel like I don't have to be pinpoint accurate perfect. I have guys who will now go make the plays for me, making me look better. All right. Uh, let's jump over to the other side of the ball. We've talked uh, specifically the offense here so far. As John pointed out, the Eagles offense looked pretty good last night. Does that mean their defense didn't look as good? They've been dominant all uh, preseason long in practice. John, you're there as often as you can be. Um, Let down last night. Maybe we were overstating how good the defense was. If uh, Jalen Hurts with his ability to run the ball kind of lit him up last night, uh, where are we at with the defense? Are they as good as we thought they were going to be? Well, and I think a lot of the question on that is, what did they show last night, John? I mean, does John Gannon, is he showing what he wants to show? I think we're all still trying to figure out, you know, I think we're going to see a lot of odd fronts and multiple looks up front. And who is he kind of feeling out what his pairings and rotations are going to be and how that's all going to work? I think that front four, front seven, front whatever you call it, five, is definitely Probably a fluid situation. Would, would you concur with that, John? Yeah, they're very, very versatile up front. They're very deep. Uh, they can do a lot of different things. Um, they they use that 5-2 overhang. They've lined up Hassan Reddick inside, Brandon Graham inside. Um, they're going to do a lot of different things uh, on the front when it comes to the pass rush. Um, Jordan Davis enables them to do all these different things. Um, by the way, he's just going to be a great player. My my God, did you guys see the clip of him in one on ones last night? Who was it's the guy ironic. blocking him? Uh, you know, I forget. I have to. It might have been Cam, but I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. I, I thought it was Jurgens, and I said the the size of Davis next to Jurgens. I don't know. I mean, Cam Jurgens is a second round pick from Nebraska. It's not like he's a small human being. He no. looked like he was a high school center trying to just like. Hey, kid, let's see how, you know, like you were at like a summer camp and you got the opportunity to line up with an NFL guy just for like slow. Hey, and he's literally just moving this man as he just went for a ride. He put him on the skates and he went he went for a ride. But um, the defense as a whole, I think, you know, people saw the play, which was Jalen Hurts to A.J. Brown. Great throw. Great catch. Great coverage. Bradbury was right there. Marcus Epps was closing. Sometimes you just tip your cap to the other team, but in this case, the other side of the ball. Um, but overall, I think I, I had him at 10 or, or 10 of 18. Overall, I mean, the, the, the defense gave up one play in the passing game. They, they've been playing exceptionally well. But yeah, they had trouble with those RPOs. And that's what I'm saying. This defense has looked dominant throughout the summer. And then they bring out these RPOs. And I always go back to Green Bay and San Francisco when Colin Kaepernick was at the top of his game. And he set the postseason record for rushing yards in a quarterback. If you remember that game, Clay Matthews, who was still a star player at the time, he didn't know what to do. That's what the Eagles looked like last night against these RPOs. 
They didn't know what to do. And that's the challenge when you actually have players to throw to that you have to decide. I, I can't let this guy be open, so you have to make that choice. And if you could perfect that, now that's a big if, if you could perfect something like that at this level, you know, doing it at the college level is one thing. You're trying to pick on or find NFL caliber players to like, you know, go after or pick on or find that guy's weakness. They will generally get tape and figure it out along the way. But when you have some weapons, you can kind of counteract that. The Eagles didn't have those weapons last year. Now we hope they do. When you ask about the defense, though, Jody, the question I asked last week during our football at four segment, I said, how much of an upgrade is Bradbury over Nelson? And I think it was Jeff Mosher who was on with me that day. And he just started laughing. Like, I, I don't want to slight Nelson, but are you kidding me? Like, that how much better they are on that side of the field with Maddox and then Slay. I mean, they've got a very formidable secondary. So you ask, like, are you concerned about the defense? No, I wouldn't be concerned about the defense if those guys are playing at the level that, that you anticipate. Well, all I'm saying is you better be careful this week because Zach Wilson can pull the ball down and run. Maybe not like Jalen Hurts, but he can make some plays with his legs too. And we'll be able to see Jalen Hurts do the RPOs against another team and another No, nah, right. we're not going to see He's that. not yeah. going to play this week. So maybe the second exhibition game. No, he's not going to play in that. How about that third exhibition game, Johnny Mack? Is that where we're going to see Jalen Hurts get the RPOs really? Do- no, that's not going to happen either, so. Uh, I guess the joint practices. Is that the next time we're going to see an RPO, Johnny Mac? To be honest, to be honest, I'm I'm surprised we saw him <laughs> in practice yesterday. I yeah, think, why do you think? Why do you think Sirianni and uh, uh, his play caller rolled him out last night? You know, I think they wanted a spark in front of the fans. I think they wanted to excite some people. Um, I think now they'll put it back into uh, hiding uh, and try to surprise. Much to the chagrin of John McMullen. Yes, and try to, you know. That's everybody, though. All these teams are trying to get to the finish line without an injury, and you're tiptoeing around, not losing players, and trying to get them up to speed. We're almost, you know, we've talked about September football games are like the preseason now. You got these ugly – because these teams don't really care if I go two and two or three and one. I just need to kind of, you know, get through that first month, and then, you know, we'll kind of see where we are. Yeah. At Mike Gill's show on Twitter, follow Mike, uh, 97.3 ESPN South Jersey, 2 to 6, drive time, the Sports Bash, Monday through Friday. Listen to him there if you're down the shore uh, and you're local. Uh, we have many, many national listen, listeners, international, I'm told as well, Mike. So, uh, South Jersey, Mike Gill Show. I'll leave you with um, the linebacker situation. That's interesting to, I think, a lot of people because they, they like N'Kobe Dean. They were told N'Kobe Dean was going to be um, – you know, a first round pick and all of a sudden the Eagles get this tremendous value. Uh, TJ Edwards is playing well. Kaiser White's playing well. He's a West Virginia guy close to your heart. There we go. Um, and, and, and Davion Taylor's playing well. Um, what's the last time you saw such depth <laughs> at linebacker for the Philadelphia Eagles? 
I was thinking about that this morning because I had been reading that Dean is, you know, a lot of people were hoping that he kind of was the guy who flashed at camp and kind of like, hey, we can't not play this guy. And it seemingly is not being the case so far as he's taking a little bit longer to kind of uh, get everything going. But Kaiser White, when they signed him, I was on with you guys. And I told you, I love the, the, the fit for him here. Um, and he is not disappointed so far. And Edwards is another guy. It's like you – this is the door number two mentality. You got a solid guy behind door number one, but you're just like, ah, I think I can get more. No, Edwards is doing a solid job and he's only getting better. I think he seems to be more athletic than he was. Then you have Taylor who was, you drafted him knowing he was raw, but had all these intangibles and speed and the ability to make plays. And we got a little glimpse of seeing that last year. And then he, he's like Mickey Moniac, right, in spring training. Oh, I want to see him play. And then he breaks his hand, and he comes up, and he's Mickey Moniac. Davion Taylor is similar, where he's like, man, I want to see more of this guy. And then he ends up getting hurt, and then he's hurt again. So you're right. They, they've got a very intriguing battle going on at linebacker. The question, I guess, would be how much are those guys going to play in the preseason? To, like, do you win the yeah. battle for that starting position or playing time in a preseason game for that for the linebackers, or is that one at practice and the joint practices? Yeah, it's going to be. You're right. It's going to be interesting for me to see how much TJ and Kaiser play. You know, Nicobe's going to play and Davion's going to play some. Um, if, Jordan if, Davis going to play in preseason. Man, that's a good one too. Um, yeah, I, th- I think a little right. bit. I think you got to play him a little bit. Somebody out. has to play. Yeah, somebody has to play. Yeah. yeah. And I do. By the way, I'll be at Ocean Casino, your guys' sponsor, every Monday. So if oh. anybody in the area, you can come by and see me on Mondays at Ocean. Very nice. And we will get you up here once a week with us. The internationally acclaimed Birds 360. That's right. I, I hear with Scotland. And- we are, I was told Scotland. Well, I I thought we were big in Istanbul, but that's uh, my choice. I'm sure we are. We're big at the might not be as good as the famous uh, Grand Market. I think it's what is it? You were just in Croatia, Mike. How you? What you settle on Croatia? I was in interesting. I was in Rome, Croatia, Paris, uh, Dublin, and Montreal. Wow, what I settled on Croatia. We were on a seven day cruise through the islands. Looking at the ruins of Croatia. Nice. So he is international. I told you. Maybe that's where you saw your. Maybe that's where you saw your uh, hits from. I was watching from Croatia. (laughs) (laughs) I don't believe that for a millisecond. But we appreciate your lying for us, Gil. Thank you very much, and we will very much look forward to having you up once a week during the football season. Thanks. Looking forward to it, guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Gill from the Sports Bash down at your. McMullen's going to be doing radio spots with him. He's going to come on once a week with us during the regular season. Paul Domwich is going to come on with us in about 20 minutes from now. Domo, of course, out at the, the Hall of Fame induction ceremony this week uh, with Dick Vermeil getting in, with Sam Mills getting in. Uh, Domo very much involved in both of those two uh, getting their just due and their busts in Canton. Uh, we'll talk about that. And, of course, the Eagles as we get our first big joint practice coming. It's right around the corner, folks. We got a preseason game. We got joint practices the week after that. The season will be here before you know it. And we'll be here with you on Bird Street 65.
Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Got your MAGA Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McConnell over you on Birds 365. Eagles had their open practice last night. John McMullen was very impressed with Jalen Hurts and his RPO ability uh, to make the Eagle defense look silly. Uh, so therefore, he's saying they need to do more of that during the year, not less of that during the year, if they're going to turn it into a more pass-happy offense. And I'm going to give you credit here, J Mac, um, and see if you want to take the credit. Uh, prior to last night's practice, uh, the coach did speak with the media and he did reference the fact that maybe this year they'll run a little bit more motion in their offense that yeah. you yeah. don't like to be last or near the bottom in the NFL in anything. And you are one that has uh, certainly uh, pointed that out here on Birds 365 that the Eagles were 
the least motion 30 seconds. Number 32 out of 32 teams in the NFL. So the coach made reference. I said, someone told me, John McMullen on Birds 365, that they were last in the National Football League in motion offense last year. Um, He wouldn't commit to anything, but he did acknowledge the fact that they weren't the motion offense last year. Is he actually going to address it? Does he hold back on that? Because he always believes there's a competitive advantage to not say what you're actually going to do. How do you think that plays out? You want them to uh, RPO more than they did last year. We'll put the RPO aside for a second. Will they at least have more motion in their offense this year? They will, but not not a lot. If you're expecting them to be Sean McVay and the Rams, no. Um, and, and earlier, uh, that's not the first time we've asked Nick or he's talked about it. Um, he had mentioned that earlier. Um, we can't be bottom five in the league in anything and they're bottom one in the league. Um, so, but you also go through the history, his history, um, as a coach, not a lot of motion. Shane Steichen's history, not a lot of motion. So basically, they want to be like 24th, you know, somewhere in that range um, when they're using motion. So they're not going to be, they're never going to be um, a, a top five motion team, somebody who's just doing all this. And, you know, I always say Sean calls it the illusion of complexity. It's not complex. It's just you're trying to fool uh, the defense. And he's been very successful with it, and everybody's trying to copy what Sean McVay does. So it's interesting that the Eagles aren't. I will say it from that perspective because usually what do people do? He's the flavor of the month. He's the guy you can get an interview if you had a cup of coffee with him. Um, It's interesting that they haven't – um, from Jeffrey Lurie's perspective, they weren't searching for somebody like Sean McVay who does all that. Um, Andy Reid does a ton of it as well, by the way. I should say Andy way before Sean McVay, but um, they're never going to be, as long as Nick Sirianni's here, a big motion team, but they can't be 32nd dead last in the NFL. Right. You want to at least uh, make the other team believe that you could be doing something, even if you're not actually going to do something. And if you never do it, then they're never going to buy that. When you do it, you're actually going to lean on it and use it. Um, about their running game, um, you said today you thought that uh, Jalen looked great when he pulled it down and took off made plays, that the Eagles' strength is still offensive line. That's what it is. And that can be run blocking and or uh, blocking for someone carrying the football. Miles Sanders, he do anything last night? It's kind of been a weird preseason for Miles. He got his nose out of joint because someone pointed out that he was taking uh, separate. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say something weird here, Jody. Okay. I, I don't like their running backs. I don't like their running backs. I so think you want Jalen to run it how many? 12 times a game? No, it's not season? that because they're going to be successful, whoever, whomever runs the football because of the offensive line like they were last year. I'm just saying I would like to see, like, I always give out the names. Yeah, I'm not, Forget about Derrick Henry. But I, I'd like to see, like, a or Jonathan Taylor. I'd like to see a Nick Chubb type. I'd like to see a, 
a Dalvin Cook type, that second tier, right under the top two guys. I'd like to see that type of back in this offense and see what they could do because I think they would just explode things. Um, I don't think the Eagles have good running backs. And it's interesting on Twitter. I said, where is this coming from? People are talking about trading for running backs. I guess Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, yeah, I'd love to see here. Um, I, I, they, they, don't, they don't have good running backs, to be honest. But it doesn't matter because uh, – they have a great offensive line when they're healthy. You know, you, the, I think people don't realize. Yeah, obviously Jordan Mailata. Then you lose Andre Dillard. Then you lose LaRaven Clark. People forget the fourth left tackle would be Brett Toth. Oh, he's on the pup list because he tore his ACL. They were down to their fifth left tackle in practice, which doesn't mean anything because it's not serious injuries. You know, they're not going to be out for a long time. But you can't do things offensively with a fifth left tackle. It just, it makes things really difficult. Um, I stay, let's stay on the offensive line. Uh, can we call it uh, referee wave, wave it off the quote unquote competition at right tackle, which, Oh, by the way, you know, you're truly said right, there, right guard. No, right, what did yeah, I there say? is no yeah, right tackle. There is no right. competition. It's Isaac, and I don't believe there was truly a competition, even when uh, Camp. No, there wasn't. He hasn't taken one rep at right guard. Not one rep, Jack Driscoll. Not one rep. I got lied to. I'll be say there. Uh, You know, I was told the Eagles really. And by the way, this is this is interesting because Jack has been bad at right tackle. Brandon Graham has been eating his lunch on a daily basis. And Brandon's a great player. That's you know, another story. At 34, coming off an Achilles, he looks amazing um, physically. Uh, we'll see if he's able to hold up. But I was told in the offseason, the Eagles kind of stumbled into, like Driscoll was drafted to be a right tackle. And that's what he played at Auburn. Um, they thought, you know, he would be the backup right tackle here. And they were forced to kick him inside the guard because of all the injuries last year. And he played really, really well. And they kind of stumbled onto something and said, you know what? I think he's better inside than outside. Well, they were right. He is better inside than outside. But now they're playing him exclusively outside. Now, part of that is because they have Isaac and Isaac is healthy and Isaac's a good player. But it is interesting to me. He's not even taken one rep, not one rep. Not even a backup rep at right guard that I've noticed. He's not taken. In other words, it, it wasn't even a competition. It was Sue uh, Sue Opeta who was the backup right guard, and and um, Jack is backing up Lane Johnson. The only thing I can think of is that a couple weeks ago Lane was talking to us. And he mentioned how bad his ankle surgery was the year prior. And and he, he said one of the reasons he had the issues and left the team was because of his ankle. And he just couldn't run. He thought his career was over. He was depressed. And the only thing I can think of is now he's feeling a lot better if you saw Nick Sirianni called him the best right tackle in the world, he's a phenomenal player. 
but I can't help thinking in the back of their mind, they're, you know, they don't know when that ankle is going to go and they want to make sure they have somebody ready. Uh, if, if that happens, which you don't want to think about, but you got to be realistic. Problem is not a very good right tackle. <laughs> he was a good right guard. He's not, he's not a good right tackle. So it's interesting to me, but yeah, Isaac is, you know, he's the only question with Isaac at the start of camp was, was he going to be cleared? And he was cleared and he's taken every first team rep. I don't think he's missed the first team rep. Since day one, he's been clear. So it's uh, been quite obvious that he's going to be the right guard, which gives the Eagles the chance to have the best offensive line in football. I believe they do. I believe they will. Johnny Mack believes it's going to open up RPOs for Jalen Hurts to rush for a thousand yards this year. I'm I didn't say a thousand. That's silly. So right, well, he rushed for what six hundred or seven hundred no. change last year. You're you're misconstruing More? my point. You're misconstruing well, then, my point. Then please explain to me so I get it right. By by by, I'm saying, look, an RPO is a run pass option. I'm saying take advantage of what I'm not saying he has to run the ball twenty times. I'm saying utilize his ability to affect the defense with the RPOs. It might be drawing the defense in so we can throw an easy pass to A.J. Brown or, or, or Dallas Goddard. You know, Jalen doesn't typically throw receivers open. Like great, you know, the, the Tom Brady's of the world, they're going to throw receivers open. He's got to throw two open receivers. That opens up. Uh, that aspect of the game. Um, it's not about numbers. It's not about rushing yards. It's about using what he do does well to affect the defense and make things easier for him. And standing back in the pocket and throwing the football from the pocket like he's Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert is not utilizing Jalen Hurts the best way. That's That's what I mean. Not that he has to run it 20 times. Not that he has to run it more than last year. But the offense should be very, very similar to last year's offense when it when they turn the corner. Not early. Last season's a perfect example. Don't do what you did early. Do what you do when you started in Las Vegas. That's how you should be playing offense with this particular uh group that Nick Sirianni has. And by the way, I think he will do that. You were there last night. I was not. How many RPOs would you say they ran in the team drills? I I saw four and they were all successful in, in from Jalen's perspective, couple. Okay. I don't Uh, really care about anybody else. Of those four, how many did he throw the football? How many times did he run? Four runs. I'm sorry. You're, you're, you're talking about overall. Yeah. Probably uh, five or six. How'd the the passing ones work? Uh, They didn't throw the ball. They did have one. Nah, I think that was a slip screen. I'm trying to think. I didn't chart the whole practice. Um, They didn't throw the ball well. Here's my problems with RPOs with Jalen Hurts. Just my take. If you're going to run an RPO, that decreases the number of options that you have on the play when it comes to throwing it because you're shrinking the amount of time that you have to find that open wide receiver and get him in the football. You're faking a run to begin with. 
So now you're making it an even shorter period of time to Jalen Hurts. If he's going to throw the football, he's chosen, chosen to throw the football. Now it's an even more difficult throw because you've got less time to deal with. If an RPO is going to work with Jalen Hurts, he's going to pull the ball down. He's going to take off. If he's just going to use that as a fake and throw the football, he's not that guy. He doesn't have that skill set where, all right, you got the one pass. You're going to be able to throw it on a dime. You're going to be accurate. You're going to hit the guy in motion. You've only got one read. That's it. You got one read. Either the guy's going to be open or you're going to take off and throw the ball. That's going to make it that much more pressurized for Jalen Hurts. And I don't think he's well, up to that. I, 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 if, if he can't do that, what makes you think he can go through a full field progression? He's I mean, that's time. easy. That's easy. You read one player. You read one player. It's simplistic. It's not necessarily easy. Well, simplistic. Yeah, that's a I think there's term. a difference between simplistic and easy. Easy to me is if you have the skill set to get the ball to that one player who is only open by whatever he's open by, that doesn't make it easy. That just makes it simplistic. Well, the, 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 yeah, but the you. reason the reason RPOs exist is because of the simplicity aspect. That's what they did at the college level. They're trying to make things simpler for the quarterback. That's the reason they exist. Now you have to have the athleticism to take advantage of it, which Jalen actually has. But if, two things: if we're sitting here again talking about full field progressions. They don't exist in the NFL anymore with young quarterbacks, never mind Jalen Hurts. They don't exist anymore. So unless you have Tom Brady, unless you have Aaron Rodgers, and by the way, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins, I don't know. There's probably a couple others. Once those guys retire, they might not exist at all. And if Tom Brady ever retires, uh, he's doing half field progressions anyway. Uh, Look, the the they they've helped him by getting better receivers because AJ Brown's going to win. AJ Brown's going to get open. Dallas Goddard's going to win. Dallas Goddard's going to get open. Devontae Smith's going to win. Devontae Smith's going to get open. So they they've already they've already improved that that half field progression part of it. Um, that should help them. But again, if 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 we're talking about down 14 nothing in the first quarter and all of a sudden you got to drop back and throw the football consistently that is not conducive for this Philadelphia Eagles team to win i mean it's not conducive for anybody but if you're down 14 nothing you're not happy about it you're never happy about it but if you have Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers you're not panicking you're not panicking because you know you have a chance to get back in the football game eagles they're probably in deep, you know, deep doo doo. All right. Well, then, uh, John, if you're right, that's uh, you, you can go ahead and spend your playoff money because the Eagles are not going to be able to win 11 games, go on the road, and win a playoff game the same way they did last year. Something's got to be upgraded with the Eagles' offense this offseason. It was nice that they got nine wins last year, could have been 10 if they played the last game. Uh, it was nice that they made the playoffs last year. They went and they got their tail kicked in Tampa. Something has to be upgraded with the Eagles offense this offseason. John's kind of indicating he thinks they're better served just running it back the way they finished up last season. I think there's got to be a change. I think they have to do something different. Now, it may get worse. John might be right. 
they they have Jalen throw the ball that much more this year. You assume that A.J. Brown, as John said, is going to win battles. That's right. The upgrade, Jody, is personnel. The upgrade is personnel. A.J., the upgrade is the personnel aspect. I think that the quarterback has to upgrade himself as well. All right, coming up next, we've got one of our buds. Uh, He's just back from Canton, made the drive out, made the drive back. Got to see some Eagle people get in shrine this week in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And a uh, Philadelphia guy going back to his star days before he was a star in uh, New Orleans and Carolina. Sam Mills also getting in. So it was a big weekend for Paul Domwich. Looking forward to chatting him up here on Bird Street 65. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. all you birds fans tuning in here on birds 365 eagles with live practice last night their first preseason game on friday it's getting close eagle season is right around the corner 
We're going to have this guy with us plenty during the Eagle season. He's still writing for the 33rdteam.com. Going to contribute on jacobsports.com. And I'm jealous. Not because he went to Canton last week, uh, this past weekend. Just the fact that he got in a car and drove that far. I, I used to do this for a living. I used to drive to New York six days a week in a previous life, a.k.a. before COVID. Uh, now I drive to the Wawa at back. That's about it. What was it like getting in a car and driving that much, Damo? It was good. I had company. I had uh, uh, Billy Warren Delf uh, was was with with me. Uh, a, a friend of his, uh, Thad uh, Madden, uh, an IRS agent. So I learned a lot of. Oh, uh oh. Well, he didn't audit uh, you in the car, did he? Tom? Myself, but uh, got some secrets on uh, how not to offend the IRS. So okay, that's good. We're going to have to skills. talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, so, we're going to have to talk about that off air because uh, I don't <laughs> want to defend the IR, uh, offend, offend last the people IR. I want to offend. Um, <laughs> it, it, what did Dick go? 23 minutes? Joe, we're talking about the over-under. Did they, did they, I didn't get a chance to see many of the speeches yet. Hopefully I'll go back. I'm too immersed yeah. in day-to-day nonsense of the Eagles. But um, how, how did they handle the speeches and trying to cut them back. Were they really um, overt about it? Was it was it that much difference? Well, it's supposed to be six minute speeches. They'll give you two minutes before they start playing music like they do at the Academy Awards. Yeah, yeah. Nobody really. And they left Dick to last. He was the final yeah. uh, uh, guy to to get enshrined. And I think they knew what was coming. So that's the way they arranged it. Everybody else stayed around the six minute mark, maybe seven. Uh, Dick went 23. Uh, and they were probably going to, it was kind of like Dickie V at the ESPYs, you know? Uh, this Dickie V went 23, and they were probably would have let him speak as long as he wanted because, I mean, because everybody loves. Dick Vermeil, <laughs> including the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he, he was really good. He, uh, he, I, I kind of was hoping he would tell us more about his story. Right. Although, uh, he, he, but he wanted to thank as many people that have helped him get there as possible, and that's kind of what he did with his speech. I believe it was 173 people that he thanked over the course of the <laughs> 20 some odd minutes. He just kept thanking everybody and thanking. Yeah, I would have liked to hear something a little about Dick Vermeil, but he handled it the way he handled. That's the well, kind of know. guy that he is. Those of us who knew him knew that he was going down that road. I had a chance to talk to him on WIP last Sunday. He said he had worked through his speech and he had gotten it under eight minutes. Yeah, that went right by the board. <laughs> when he got up there on the podium, he just started thanking everybody under God's green earth. But that stick for me, oh, and he was great. And he got a phenomenal amount of applause for it and more power to him. And he seemed like he enjoyed the hell out of it, didn't he, Don? Uh, you know what, Jody, I think he was going to talk more about himself. And then he read my 7,000-word profile on him and said, you know, it's all there. So I'm going to have to revert to thanking people that helped me. So yeah, You, Damo, you talked him out of talking yeah. about himself, huh, Damo? <laughs> And, and Dombo did a great job. You did a piece for us at jacobsports.com about his relationship with Wilbert Montgomery, who we also mentioned. Uh, yeah, Wilbert, and I think uh, John Bunting, I saw. You also mentioned John. Uh, and yeah, those guys yeah. obviously went into coaching uh, later with Dick's help. John Bunting became uh, head coach, North Carolina, I think, right, yeah. Dombo? Uh, yeah, he was a 
He was a co-defensive coordinator for the last two years with Dick in, in St. Louis. But ultimately, I think he spent five years as the head coach of the University of North Carolina. Now he's living the good life. He's got a house in Maine and a house in Florida, and they do the back and forth depending on the season. So how much time did he give the Eagles versus the Rams, say? Uh, and I, I'm sure he mentioned the Chiefs as well. And he mentioned Andy stepped in. Uh, and left training camp, which was a nice thing to do for Andy Reid. By the way, were you surprised? I'm at practice Saturday, and I wasn't expecting to see Dom, Big Dom, uh, who's the Eagles' uh, head of security, because I thought Jeffrey Lurie would be out in Canton. No Jeffrey Lurie in Canton. Were you surprised by that? Very. Uh, the Hunts were there, Kansas City, you know, repres- uh, I mean, everybody from Kansas City, uh, the, you know, Carl Peterson was the GM there who hired Dick uh, and, you know, Clark Hunt and his wife, who uh, his father was the owner when Dick was the coach there. Uh, Rams, former president John Shaw was there and the Eagles were represented by, oh. except, except for players, no Jeffrey, players. no Howie. Uh, Andy Reid flew in the yeah. night before for a private visit with Tammy to, to visit with uh, Dick, and and he was touched by that. But there, I, I don't, I'm mystified by that. And I, I hope it was a well. I was going to say I hope it was a real big conflict of interest that kept them away. But you saw him at practice, so I don't know. Uh, what well, I didn't see with. Jeffrey. Oh, Dom, and I, 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 I was wondering why because. You know, yeah. Dom usually tells me how long practice is going to be every day. And yeah. I thought, well, I'm not going to know how long practice is. And yeah. all of a sudden, Dom was there. And I'm like, what? Why are you here? Uh, and he, and he went in as an eagle. I mean, that's kind of a yeah. loose term. Yeah. How you go in, they don't. Yeah. All the pictures of him are in eagle garb. Uh, I don't know. Uh, you know, I know Jeffrey did not coach this team, uh, did not own this team until after Dick left. But he tried to hire uh, Dick in the 90s before he hired uh, Ray, Ray Rhodes, Rhodes, right? Uh, yeah, what uh, happened with that, Damo? What what happened? Because Dick was obviously thinking about coming back. Right. Did he want to he, coach the Eagles in, in this what was, was that, this 95 was, or 96? After the 94 season, uh, he had had several offers before that. Uh Mostly uh, the biggest one from Hugh Culverhouse, who was the coach of the uh, Tampa Bay Bucks at the time, gave him a blank check uh, to, to come. He'd pay him whatever he wanted. And, uh, you know, Dick's dad was dying of cancer at the time, and, and he ended up uh, saying thanks, but no thanks. So after the 94 season, Jeffrey approached him, and he had kind of – he was kind of ready to coach. But initially, Dick said he said no. Because, you know, he had been out 14 years and he felt he kind of needed an experienced front office to uh, help him. And he was a little bit worried about Jeffrey and and Joe Banner being, you know, just joining the league and being inexperienced with the NFL. So he says no. Jeffrey goes out to the Shrine Bowl, the East West Shrine Bowl, the next week, uh, you know, because he's still searching for a coach. And he he sees Bill Walsh, who who is a close friend of Dick's. And the first thing Bill Walsh does is just, you know, you got to get, you know, you need to hire Dick Vermeil. So he comes back to Philadelphia. They, 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 they talk again, this time, this time Dick's ready to take the job. Uh, ultimately Jeffrey backs out this time, 
uh, and ends up hiring Ray Rhodes. They were, go- I were, you know, I remember covering that team. They were in a, uh, they were just fascinated by everything that San Francisco did back then because oh, they were yeah. successful. Yeah. Uh, so they, they hired, they hired San Francisco's defensive coordinator, Ray Rhodes, uh, which, you know, had mixed results, but uh, yeah, so it was good early. Cool. It was good early. It was okay early, and didn't didn't have the shelf life they wanted, obviously. But right. would right. have been interesting if Dick came back because he's so popular here. It's amazing. I'm I'm he hasn't you know obviously settled here, but um, you know the billboard on I ninety five. Andy Reid is one of the great coaches of all time. Nothing against Dick, but I think when Andy goes in, that'll and who knows if he gets another Super Bowl, that'll even increase his resume. So there's actually even been a better coach. Um, yet Dick Vermeil's still the most popular. And Doug won a Super Bowl. And Dick Vermeil's still the most popular. It's amazing. When they fired Chip Kelly, there was actually a minor clamor for, uh, for Dick to, back then. Not by, yeah. you know, not a serious one, but there were a lot of people that, that kept mentioning his name. Damo, I do want to ask you one follow-up question about the story you're telling about when Dick Vermeer almost became the coach of Philadelphia for the second time with Jeff Flory. Um, You said first Dick was asked about it and it just wasn't the right timing with his father and didn't know if the Eagles as an organization were going to be up to the task of uh, new ownership, new general manager and the like. And then the Eagles investigated again, but they decided to go the San Francisco route. So why didn't it happen? Who are you putting it on more? You got to make a call. It's one of those, you got to get off the fence. Was it more Dick Vermeil passed on being the Eagles coach or the Eagles passed on Dick Vermeil? Well, when Dick initially said no, I mean, so you got to, you got to say the job was his if he had said yes. Okay. You know, when he says, when he says no, I mean, you know, there, there's a certain if you're Jeffrey Lurie in that situation, the guy's already told you no, so you're kind of questioning his, you know, whether he really wants the job. Uh, even though you know Bill Walsh is telling you to hire him, even though Dick has changed his mind, you're kind of having second thoughts. And and, and, and and let's face it, Dick was out of the game, but at that point, I guess 12 years. It was 14 when the uh, Rams yeah. ended up firing. So that there was a gamble for them, and you know they they were inexperienced. I mean, they admittedly. You know, they knew their limitations as far as their experience with the NFL. They wanted me. You know, I don't know what went into their thinking initially as far as why Dick was at the top of their list. I, I don't know if it was because other people convinced them of that or whether Jeffrey came here and right away felt Dick was the answer. Uh, but he said no. And so, you know, I, I guess I would put it on Dick for that all. Never happened. Dick. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I you know, because I was a little bit surprised that uh, they weren't going out uh, for the induction, but we'll see. I, you know, Dick was here at practice uh, leading up to the induction. So I don't think there's any ill will. It just struck me as strange. I think think there is the one thing about this uh, regime. It, they, they, the, 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 they don't, I mean, he's from Boston they don't have a, yeah. a, a tremendous respect for the past that was before them. Uh, you know, so that, might, yeah, that might explain it. Yeah. I mean, even last year, Harold, I mean, he was there for Harold, but he, when Harold Carmichael went in, but, but Jeffrey flew in and flew out immediately after the ceremony, didn't even stay for the uh, after party. 
Um, and I think, and, and, and Harold worked for the organization. Yeah, after his, for a long time. Long time. Kind of, I just think there's, you know, there's not that bond for people uh, from the organization before Jeffrey took over, as, a, as opposed to somebody like Andy. I mean, oh, my God, uh, when Andy goes into the Hall of Fame, I'm sure Jeffrey yeah. will have the of all parties for him. Un, so. un, unless Andy says he's going in as a chief. Because Vermeil absolutely <laughs> said he was going in yeah. as an eagle. There is no designation. There's no yeah. cap with a logo on it. But you verbally say who you believe you represent the most when you go in. Vermeer was on the record. He's an eagle coach. Yeah. I don't know that that's going to be Andy Reid. Ten years, if he coaches five more and then five more years after that, even if he goes first bout, which, oh, by the way, coaches never go in in the first bout. So we're going to have to wait for this. It's still to be determined how Andy Reid views himself when he gets the nod and all. And he, and he's uh, not, you know, unless there's uh, extenuating circumstances with health or personal issues, I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. So he could be a, a guy with multiple Super Bowls in Kansas City. So that's what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. Um, and by the way, Harold essentially, you know, even though he retired, he was at practice yesterday. He's still always around. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah it's strange the way they do things at times. But yeah. uh, Sam Mills, you're a big part of, of, of Sam uh, finally getting in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Melanie Mills does the speech, you know, undrafted guy. I don't know how many times he was cut and turning into a, a hall of fame player. Um, you know, now that I look at Nicobe Dean, you could say, Hey, look at Sam Mills, man. People talk about undersized linebackers. Sam Mills kind of defines that uh, undersized linebacker. Doesn't he, Tom? He does. Uh, and you know, it's, it's funny. I mean, you, talk to people as to why, you know, why he never got a division one scholarship and, and why he was cut by the bounds and the, the Toronto Argonauts. And, and, and the answer is always, and, and undrafted, the answer is always the same. He was too short. And yet you also talk to the most respected coaches in the game uh, over who, who either coached against him or, or, or had him as a player during his career. And they'll tell you that his size was actually a benefit because you know, linebackers have to bend their knees and get under the pads to, to, to you know, and, and explode into a guy. Sam didn't have to do that. He was already down there. So, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was one of the most ferocious tacklers in the league because when he hit you in that in your sternum, uh, you know, I mean, Herschel Walker, you know, I, I credit Sam Mills with, with you know, with, with some of the stupid things Herschel saying. <laughs> now that he's trying to run for Senate because I think he's senseless uh, many times by, by Sam Mills of his career both in the, in the usfl and then in the nfl that is, <laughs> yeah that's spelled out your star baltimore star by the way john bunning we talked about john bunning that just reminded me were there any other players who played with the eagles and the stars or was it just john um there were a few uh william fuller uh oh william yeah that's right that's right. uh, oh, I mean, there were several like Joe Conwell was a, a, a offensive lineman. You know, the, the he played uh, started with the Stars, finished. They played the two or three years with the Eagles. Actually, started one year. I think just about every game ended up uh, hurting his. I want to say knee or something. So there were there were actually several. Uh, and and uh, Carl Peterson 
Yeah, Rob, Carl. Yeah. Yeah. When he was when he was the GM of the the Stars, he had a you know he came from the Eagles, and and Lynn Stiles replaced him as the personnel director of the Eagles, and basically Lynn was tipping him to who they were going to cut, so that he you know was yeah ready that to, explains you know, it, yeah. a lot of these guys like Chuck Comiskey who ended up playing uh, an offense. Uh, he was a guard for the uh, you know he was he was a guy that got cut in training camp by the Eagles, but. Uh, Signs with the Stars, goes to New Orleans and plays three years with Jim Moore there. Uh, Kenny Dunnick, a tight end. Yeah, there were uh, – Kenny, Yeah, were Kenny's cool. still here. South Antonio, Jersey Man Magazine, Ken, Ken yeah. Dunnick. Yeah. Antonio I got Gibson, a, a lot of people. I got to share this story with you. Uh, um, Damo, I know you know Gary Myers well, one of your fellow Hall of Fame voters. I had him on my uh, national show on CBS uh, sports radio on, on Saturday night. And we were talking about hall of fame, this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I know I brought it up because ESPN on their website and maybe they did it on TV too. I didn't see it had this foolish, uh, list, which again, off season, we got to come up with lists. ESPN decided to put together a list of the greatest player of all time at each position. Only they created different positions. They put, both defensive ends and outside linebackers as edge guys. So Lawrence Taylor is the greatest edge player of all time. Reggie White is not. How do you have (laughs) Lawrence Taylor and Reggie White in the same group to begin with? I don't quite know. So it was a stupid list that ESPN did. So I was talking to Gary about that. He he uh, related this story. He said, Jody, I don't think you and I have ever discussed this before. When Reggie White was in the USFL, much like Sam Mills and others that we've just discussed. They had the draft of the players if they were to come into the NFL. And the Eagles ended up getting the draft rights to Reggie White. Picking just before the Eagles at number three were the New York Giants. And Bill Parcells desperately wanted to get the draft rights to Reggie White. And he tried to talk George Young into taking Reggie White. And at the time, the Giants had a pretty poor offensive line. And George Young said, well, we think Gary Zimmerman's going to be available. And Gary Correct. Zimmerman, oh, by the way, was a great offensive lineman. All of Famer. Tremendous All of offensive Famer. lineman. Yeah. But he wanted no part of playing for the New York Giants or playing in New York. So the Giants ended up trading him to Minnesota instead, where he goes on to have a Hall of Fame career. But if Bill Parcells had won that argument with George Young, Reggie White could have worn a job. Reggie White oh. and Lawrence Taylor could have been teammates if yeah. Parcells had his way. Now, this is what Parcells told Myers, and they are pretty tight, and I'll I'll take Parcells' word at it. Uh, yeah. But I just thought that was a, a phenomenal story. But I do want to ask you, Damo, about the job that you guys did this past offseason with your Hall of Fame vote as a group. I got no problems with the class. A lot of people said, well, it's just the cleanup class. They put in guys who had been waiting a long time. The uh, veteran committee hadn't gotten in through the regular door. Let's bring him in through the side door. Other than Tony Baselli, and I know how great Baselli was for the short period of time that he was great. I don't know that seven years is enough to make the Hall of Fame. I thought all the other guys deserved. I thought they had been short James to that point. I've got no problems with cleanup years. If guys who, in my opinion, deserve to be in and the Hall of Famers get in, that works well for me. You went through it all. Just give us some background on how the process worked, 
if you were good with it, some guys who may or maiden uh, hadn't gotten in, had to be talked to getting in. How did this year's class come together? Well, for starters, there was no obvious, you know, for, like first ballot guys that you that were going to take up one of the, uh, one or two of those five spots. Now, Baselli specifically, uh, he's been a finalist. I want to say maybe four previous times, five previous times. And I vote. I, I never voted for him uh, no because of, because of what you said. I mean, Tony Baselli, when he was when he was healthy, he was one of the best tackles that ever played the game. Right, you know, right there with all the the greatest guys. I just felt like you that he didn't he didn't play enough games. I think he played ninety four total games. Uh, that's not his fault. He he was hurt. He got right. hurt. Uh, um, but I just felt you know I didn't vote for Terrell Davis either. Uh, we get to this year, and basically, I caved. Uh, I, <laughs> I mean, I just like I. I mean, everybody kept making the you know more and more people in the room kept making the argument that you know he deserves to be in, and I said you know the hell with it. Did they make uh, it on the back of Terrell Davis? Well, that was the they kept using Terrell, and, right. and my yeah. and I would counter by saying, "Well, I didn't vote for Terrell, so that excuse on me." Good for you. Stick to your gums, Dobowitz. Good for you. But there's yeah. there's always you know I mean that's what all these Hall of Fames become. Well, this guy made it. Like, he, this guy's better. Well, sometimes you make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, but as far as the other guys, I mean, I know there there were. I mean, Leroy Butler, I, I felt deserved to be in years ago. I'm surprised Leroy Butler got in. I'm thrilled because I think he was a heck of a yeah. player. But yep. there was yeah. a shift a couple Doc. years ago where safeties they started yeah. thinking about safeties more. Brian um, Dawkins, I think, has cleared the way for him and, and probably yeah. some more coming up. Um, you know, I think, uh, and people started to realize and, and, and make, take a closer look at his, you know, his, his, his film, um, you know, yeah, I'm sure, you know, Richard Seymour was a no brainer to me. Uh, I had been voting for him for the last couple of years. He was a finalist. I mean, he had been an important part of, I mean, Bill Belichick will tell you that they don't win a Super Bowl. You know, you could talk about Tom Brady, but without Richard Seymour, they might not have won those Super Bowls. Yeah. Uh, the, the the one that probably uh, got the most uh, question marks was Brian, Brian Young. Young. Yeah. He, you know, he doesn't have the stats that, uh, you know, you, you're always looking for from defensive linemen. But, I mean, he was mostly a defensive tackle, um, played on some great teams. Um, you know, I mean, I didn't see it. We usually start these guys uh, when, uh, when the process starts. You know, we got 15 finalists to discuss in that room. T typically 10 or 11 or more you feel are hall of famers. It's just a matter of, you can only take, put five in. Right. And, you know, ultimately, I mean, I felt young was one of the, the top five uh, of our finalists last year. And I felt he was hall of fame worthy. Uh, you know, the, uh, he, he passed in my mind, the good or great test. I mean, that he was a great player. So. Um, yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, I'm always surprised when uh, Jody just mentioned the term edge rusher when the big sack guy um, yeah. comes up. Uh, I was a little surprised Jared Allen did just because of all the sack numbers. Um, yeah. I mean, he's been, I, I was, I mean, it's like, it, it's hard. I mean, I, since this is a secret ballot, it's hard to know what people are thinking. Like Sam Mills last two years, he was a finalist. We have a, a reduction vote from 15 to 10. He doesn't make it. Uh, yeah. We have the meeting. We have the meeting this year. 
the fact that it was his last year on the as a, as a modern era candidate, I think played into it. But also, I think people started to realize. I mean, I started. I mean, I tried to find as many respected coaches and people that you know watch either coached him or watched him coached against him that uh, uh, you know that and and use their comments to try to be persuasive. And I think it, it finally just kind of fell into place for him. I think mainly because it was his last year. And like you said about cleanup, we hate to see guys go into that senior pool that you know are like on the border um, because once they get in the senior pool, they're going to have to probably wait several years. It's kind of why, you know, right now I'm I'm concerned about a guy like Eric Allen. I don't don't know how many years he's got left as a modern era candidate. He's been a semifinalist for the last two years. And same with Seth Joyner. I mean, those are guys that deserve Hall of Fame consideration. Eric Allen deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, uh, but I don't know what's going to happen before they uh, run out of eligibility in the modern era department. Well, we we know you'll fight the good fight for the Philadelphia guys uh, when you were making the Sam Mills argument. Did you get Herschel Walker to admit that he does or says some crazy things because of Sam Mills? That he took? I, I'm just wondering if you're, you're, you're bringing in others' opinions if Herschel was part of that. Yeah, he doesn't remember that he played in the USFL <laughs> or the NFL. So. Yeah, but yeah, you know what's interesting? Um, you mentioned you try to get as many coaches. So, you know, somebody like Belichick says, "All right, this guy's a Hall of Famer." Uh, how much weight does that carry? I would say a lot, John, because I go back to Dawkins. You know, Dawkins made it in his second year, uh, which he forever is pissed about because uh, he thinks he should have been a first ballot um the first year he didn't i don't know why i you know i there were a couple of first ballot guys that were you, you knew were going to go in ahead of him but we get to the second year you know i made my presentation added some stuff jared bell from usa today had run into bill belichick uh, a couple of weeks before that and asked him to compare asked him for a comparison on uh Doc and I want I can't remember who the other safety was that was up for consider. Oh, uh, John uh, Lynch. John Lynch, yeah. Who, who split the vote the year before with with Dawkins in the room? Uh, you know, John Lynch was a great player, but he was a cover two safety. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying we could play cover safety in a cover two, but it's, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't demand the same things that Dawkins did in Jim Johnson's defense. So. Basically, Brian, uh, Bill Belichick told me, I mean, he, he almost laughed. He said, you know, there's no comparison there. And Jarrett told that story in the room. And I think that convinced a lot of people, okay, there's there's no comparison here. My vote goes for for, for Doc. And so, I, yeah, Bill Belichick's, you know, he is very, he's very into the history. Two, yes, two years he is. ago, yes. when they had the, uh, they had a special expanded committee for the centennial year of the, uh, pro football when they that's the year Harold got put in as one of 10 seniors Bill was on an expanded committee and and I mean he put the work in I mean he yeah he respects the history of this game he respects the players that played it he knows the players that played it <clears throat> so uh, yeah his word goes along oh yeah way. when you when you talk to Bill like he can be very short um and curt to say the least mm-hmm. um when you're asking him about next week's game or whatever on to Cincinnati. But if you get him going about a history topic, yeah, he'll give you a dissertation. He loves, he loves the history of this game. 
I'm going to give you another another Gary Myers story. For that expanded committee you told about, Gary went into the big room that you guys were all in and just put his bag down, and then he went and got something to drink, came back, and who's sitting next to him but Belichick? And Belichick wasn't there when he put his bag down. It was an open chair, and he goes, oh, my God, I'm going to be sitting next to Belichick for the next X amount of hours. He said it was like three of the best hours of his life, just shooting a breeze with him about football and history and stuff like that. So I can uh, uh, double down on that being the case. All right, last thing. uh, And again, we're going to have you back again next week, Damo. We didn't get anything in here on the 2022 Eagles, but I did want to get all this Hall of Fame stuff covered. Next year, Revis Island. Will he be out there on the island by himself? Is he a guy who's good, good enough? to make uh, first-year eligibility? Because you mentioned made it easier to do what you did this year because there was no first-year guy that jumped out. Right. Is Revis that good? Well, Joe Thomas, I think, is a slam dunk ahead of him. Thomas first? Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, then Revis. I don't know. I mean, I would guess he'll probably get in. Uh, you know, I mean, it's going to be hard. People are going to be hard-pressed to uh, uh, come up with a re- – you know, I mean, I don't know – I mean, obviously, we're going to have to see who the rest of the finalists are back then. But I would, if, you, if you're asking me right now, I would say both Thomas and Revis are going to get in in their first year of eligibility. It'll be a little different year next year. Uh, Damo, great stuff. We appreciate you coming on board. And, yes, promise we will get you back if you've got the availability next week to actually talk about, oh, I don't the know, the 2022 thing, Eagles, since it is Bird yeah. Street 65. Uh, so much great Hall of Fame stuff this weekend. We needed your insight on that. Thanks for providing it. You bet. Take care, guys. Well done, which the 33rdteam.com and also will be contributing on jacobsports.com all football season long. All right, John McMullen, Jody McDonald, we'll come back. We've got a couple of minutes left. You know what we're going to do. Put a bow on the show. Stay with us. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. 
zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. By the way, before you stream out, hit that damn like button. We got to get more likes. I keep telling me, get more like Jody. A lot of people for streaming in, but for some reason now, well, they don't like the show because it's me. I know, I get it. They don't like me because I'm still a Jet fan. I like the Eagles. I root for the Eagles. I consider myself an Eagle fan. Just the Jets have been in my blood for sixty some odd years. So uh, sorry about that. But it doesn't mean you can't like the show. You got to like McMullen. Look at him. He's a diehard. He's the telling the RPOs. Whoa. It's going to be the way to get the Eagles to the Super no. Bowl this year. Let Jalen run. No. So hit the like button. Do us a favor. Never please. consider me a fan. That's the biggest insult. Not because I dislike fans, but because I take objectivity seriously. You you know I feel exactly the same as you, but uh, we do have our little stream over here on the side where you get people's opinions. Uh, screw Jody and the Jets. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. But it doesn't mean you can't it's like Jets week. That's why they're all fired up. It's Jets week. Yeah, they're gonna hate me more than usual this week. Um, but uh, if you if you just do the right thing, hit the like button. I promise not to go down this road again this week. All right. Um, a couple of things that you wrote on uh, JacobSports.com. Still no movement on rumors on. Eagles tight end too, or are you just locking in that it's uh, going to be a blocking tight? Hey, well, that must be good for you because if uh, they've got their tight end uh, stall as they right, might end, as well, might as well let them block well for Jalen. Jalen, take it off. There goes Jalen on the run. Now, if you know, got- Noah uh, uh, Togi, uh, the guy, however you pronounce his last name, is actually shown up. Uh, Pass. He, he had a pretty good practice last night as well. Made Did a he? couple catches on the second team. Um, he's gotten some extra opportunities with Grant Calcaterra down. And he, he's starting to maybe get in the conversation. Okay. Um, but, yeah, right now it's still Jack Stoll pretty much. Um, and we'll see when Calcaterra can get back. And preseason games are going to be important for these bottom of the rock that's when they're getting their reps denard wilson i told you that story if you get two reps you got to make the most of it well you're going to get 30 in the preseason game so you better make the most of those if you want to open the eyes of the coaching staff so a lot of these young guys uh going to get a lot of time jody mcdonald in the preseason and next week will be a very weird dynamic because you've got the uh joint practice which, at least the way it was judged by me, judging the Eagles from afar, 
was more important than the actual preseason game. The game that was played at the end of the week didn't mean all hell of a lot. No. All but those joint practices. Those undefeated, two- by the way. That's the week after when they put their undefeated. Right. Uh, uh, reigning, just undisputed joint practice champions of the world putting the title on the line. Against the Browns first and then the Dolphins after. But we got to get to next week. Um, one other note that uh, I saw you pointed out and uh, did surprise me a little bit. We talked about it the end of last week here on Birds 365. Cross training of DBs. That Josiah Scott Josiah actually got Scott, a couple man. of reps at safety. And that Kayvon Wallace actually got a couple of reps at the nickel slot. He was playing some cornerback. Did I read that right? Um, I did not see who wrote that. I didn't I write that. One, one, you all right? Then somebody no, else wrote it. I I have not seen Josiah. Yeah, now it's possible. I mean, you can't see everything, but I have not seen him take a rep. He took rep. He he played slot corner Clemson though. Uh, that was the thought process that when he came in, um, but I didn't see it. Josiah though is cross training at uh, corner and safety. And that's a good sign for him because that that means they're they're trying to find a spot for him, um, and he's he's adding to his value. And by the way, he's taking second team reps at safety, so he's he was taking reps um, in front of Chikwaski uh, Tart uh, at safety. So things are going well for Josiah Scott. Scott. So if you're good playing team. a 53 man roster game. You know, bet on Josiah All Scott. Right. And I apologize. Uh, I thought it was you. It must have been somebody else who said that they uh, did notice. Yes. It's possible. Avon Wallace getting corner start, uh, corner snaps in the slide, but corner snap just the same. Uh, keep an eye on that. See if that happens this week. All right. Schedules this week. Yours truly is out tomorrow. I will see John McMullen tomorrow because I'm doing a uh, show on WIP Midday well, I've with Joe DeCamera. What'd you say? You'll see me live and in person. Yes, I will. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So I'm not going to be here. You're going to be here early, right? You're going to do yes. the John McMullen yes. guest for the first half hour yes. thing. All right. And it's still to be determined. We know Tone is going to be hosting. Looks like it could be Barrett uh, being on with him. You could get D-Gun here tomorrow. You're going to have to tune in to find out exactly what you're going to get on Birds 365. I'll be back on Wednesday. Wednesday, you got practice again? I do have practice on Wednesday, so I'll be here early uh, with you. Uh, And then Thursday, back in the big chair, Friday's game day. Uh, So uh, Eagles-Jets at night, I'll be in for that show, uh, the full show as well. It should be fun. Uh, J-Mac, I will talk to you tomorrow at Eagles training camp where, uh, yes, I'll be hanging out with Johnny Mac and – I'll be able to actually. Here's what I saw at practice. Why did I ask you to see if uh, uh, yeah. they're, they're getting uh, cross-trained at the cornerback? I can check it out for myself. To, well, I actually might be on the air, so I might have to lean on you anyway. What else is new, right, McMullen? Uh, Johnny Mac, uh, you and I will be here Wednesday together, but be here tomorrow uh, and find out who's going to be hosting Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365. 
the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.